Amen. Who made heaven and earth? And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Amen. Flowing from his Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not of yourself, the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil desires. Glory, Glory be, be to, the, to Father, the Father, and to the, and the, Son, to the Son, and to the Holy, Holy Spirit, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord.
and he will give you the desires of your heart. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, whose strength is made perfect in every weakness, grant us humility and childlike faith, that we may please you in both body, that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. like to hear what Philip has to say. So we're going to make that happen. Philip, come on over here. Oh, she got one? Okay, good. Okay. Testament reading. For today is Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Selah. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. 
Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithlessness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the graduate. He will command his angels concerning you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. We will now have special music by the Bell Choir. Thank you very much, Ringers. That was a very, very lovely piece. Thank you. It's now time for all the young disciples, so we're here today to come forward for the children's message with Mrs. Menning. Now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mics, as well. 
came in a car that the baby was driving. Kinley, did your little brother drive you to church today? No? Oh, man, how many of you have a little baby brother or sister that lives all by themselves in their own house? Anybody? Oh. <laughs> Bradley's like, I wish, right? <laughs> um, hmm. How many of your little baby brothers or sisters have their very own job where they go to work? They put food on the table. Nobody? Hmm. I wonder why that is. What kind of people do that? What kind of people drive cars and have jobs, Keenan? Adults. That's right. Today, we are going to hear a very special story about Jesus' disciples. And it says in Mark that he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, because they had been arguing, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such as this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. So do you know why I brought this baby bottle up here with me today? I borrowed this from Emma. I hope she doesn't get too upset that she doesn't have it. I brought this up here with me today to remind me that God tells us in the Bible that we are to be like children. Children rely on their parents for everything, right? They have to have their mom and dad to help feed them, to help clothe them. This little guy didn't come to church today by, he, by him dressing himself. Mama had to pick that out, right? Mama's going to have to help feed him later. So we have to rely on God for everything. And as we get older, as we get to be adults... We think we know what's best and that we can start making the decisions, right, kids? As you get older, you want to make more decisions, right? How many of you like to be uh, first in the line when it's time to line up at school? All of you better get your hands up because I've been there, I know. Okay, we like to be first, right? As we get older, that grows in us because of our sinful nature and we more and more we want to try and make our own decisions but what God was trying to tell his disciples was that you have to be like a child you have to lean on me for everything I will take care of you trust me so I may keep this baby bottle in my jacket today to help me remember as an adult that I have to rely on God for everything I have to have a childlike faith and God loves each and every single one of you right? And as I see you guys come to school every day, I'm going to think, man, I need to have a faith more like them, okay? So let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the childlike faith um, that you offer to us, and we thank you for letting that grow in our hearts, even from our birth and from our conception in the womb. We love you so much, Lord, and for the faith that you give us, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The epistle reading for today comes from Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 18 through 20. 
Because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it. For at that time, he showed me what they were doing. I had been led like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not realize they had plotted against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But, O Lord Almighty, you who judge righteously and test the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were, where they were, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, "The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise." But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, "What were you arguing about on the road?" But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Please pull out your hymnals for the hymn 851. In the bulletin, the bottom line was mistakenly omitted. So please pull out your hymnals for hymn number 851.
Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is taken from the gospel lesson that was just read from Mark. You want to have that in front of you in your lap or by you somewhere because we'll be going through it as we go along here this morning. There is some debate still today, although those of us who grew up watching him know who was the best, but there is some debate on who the greatest basketball player to ever live was. Those of us who grew up watching the real one, Michael Jordan, know that it is him and it's not even close. We can debate that later if you want. And what made Michael Jordan great was the fact that he had a desire for greatness. There is a story in which when he and Magic Johnson were on the national team, that one night they were playing cards, and Magic kept beating him, and beating him, and beating him, and beating him. And Michael wouldn't let it go. They had a game the following day, and they played cards all night long until Michael Jordan won. In his Hall of Fame induction speech, if you were to go back, I'm sure that they have it on YouTube. If you were to go back and listen to that speech, he doesn't let it go even then. He's retired. He's got tons and tons of money. He has every reason in the world to be happy. And yet during his Hall of Fame speech, he was still taking digs and turning the screws on his opponents. He had a... still does, has a desire to be great. As a matter of fact, the greatest ever, and he probably was. But the desire to be greatest ever for his life has come at certain costs as well. The temptation to greatness is very strong. It is a temptation that there is not a single one of us here that doesn't worry about that doesn't have an issue with. The temptation to greatness, we saw it and we see it in Scripture too. King Saul's jealousy of David. Saul was so jealous that God had anointed David as the next king of Israel that Saul sought to kill him several times. And then there, of course, is David and his well-known sin with coveting something that didn't belong to him. Why? Well, because he's the king. And he can do what he wants. And so he takes another man's wife and then has that man murdered in order to cover up his sin. The temptation to greatness is strong. Going all the way back to our first parents, Adam and Eve, it started really with them, if you think about it. When Satan comes, when the serpent comes to tempt Eve, do you remember what he says to her? Did God really say that you must not eat of any of the tree that is in the garden? And Eve says, well, yeah, but every one of them except for that one. Unless we want to die, Eve says. And the serpent, so crafty, so cunning, 
says, you will, you will surely not die. No, God doesn't want you to eat of it because he knows that when you eat of it that you will be like him. Knowing good and evil. And so in their desire to be great, they eat of the tree for which God told them they were not supposed to, and what happened? Well, they would eventually die. In our text this morning, if you look at it with me from Mark, the disciples get called, up, get called on the mat from Jesus. They are walking along and they are having an argument. And this argument is about who among them is the best disciple. Who among them, when Jesus returns and brings in this military reign and rules over Israel as king, who among them is going to sit at his right hand? Who among them is going to be his second in charge? Who among them is going to be his third in charge? And so they are arguing about this, about who is going to get what responsibility. Look at verse 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. In other words, Jesus says, guys, you've got, you've got the whole thing wrong. You've got the whole thing backwards. And then he takes a child. Now, there is a reason for everything that Jesus does. Jesus takes a child specifically because children, like what Amanda said to the kids here this morning, the children depend on people to help them do things, to eat, to be dressed, to have a roof over their head. Children have no influence in things most times. Children have no influence to sway a conversation this way or that. Children, Jesus says, are regarded as one of the least of all. And so he takes this child in what can only be described as a wonderful object lesson. He takes this child and says, believe like they do. Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. The temptation to be great is strong. The temptation to be great is strong enough for a husband to treat his wife as a second-rate person. To not love her in the way that God has called him to love her. And instead to just sort of sit upon his throne as a king waiting to be served. The temptation to greatness is strong enough for parents to exasperate their children. The temptation to greatness is strong enough for children to not honor their father and their mother as gifts from God himself. 
The temptation to greatness is strong enough that the weak in our society are trampled upon each and every day. That those who cannot speak for themselves, those who have no voice, are told that they have no rights. Because, well, they're simply either not people or because of some other wacky reason. The temptation to greatness is strong enough that they are trampled upon because of the so-called rights of others. The temptation to greatness is strong enough that Christians lord the sin of others over them. Go ahead. Pick your sin. Pick the worst possible sin that you can think of. And there are people in this room and outside of this room that have lorded that sin over those people. Whether they've done it with their voices or whether they've done it with their thoughts that has led them to act in that way. Pick your sin. And instead they forget, you and I forget, that the greatest commandment that the Master gave us was to love was to love in the same way that we are loved, without condition, without excuse, and simply by grace. The temptation to greatness is strong. And yet consider the life of the Master. I want to read to you, this text comes up every year, But I want to read it to you now. It's from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. No, sorry, 5 through 8. Paul writes this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What in the world makes us think that we have any right to lord the sins of others over them? What in the world makes us think that we have any right to try to become great at the expense of others? When the Master himself did not consider equality with the highest being, God, something to be taken, something to be grasped. When the Master himself, he who was there at the beginning of creation, the Word made flesh, was born in a place that really, really, really smelled badly. In a feeding trough. What makes us think that we have any right to that kind of greatness, at least as the world defines it? When he, when he himself became obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
He never considered it. Jesus' entire life was one of service. As Paul says, he who became a servant. Not greatness, at least not by the world's standards. He comes and is born in a meager way to serve you and I. He comes and he lives in a meager, humble way to serve you and I and those who were living then. And he died in a most excruciating, meager, and terrible way. The kind of death that was only reserved for the worst of criminals. Because he came to serve, not to desire greatness. And so what does the service look like for you and I? What does that look like? Well, husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church. That you do just as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 that we have talked about actually many times before. That you stand in front of your wife to protect her. So that anything that has to get to her has to come through you first. Just like Christ. It looks like wives line up behind your husband so that they may protect you as God had intended. It looks like parents loving their children as gifts from God. It looks like children the same thing. Loving your parents as gifts from God. It looks like standing up for the weak in society who have no voice. And it looks like no matter who you encounter, no matter who you are at odds with currently, today, It doesn't matter who you encounter. It doesn't matter who that person is or what kind of beef that that you have with them. The Bible teaches us to love. And it also tells us that Jesus did not come for just one. Jesus did not come for just you. He came for all. and to give his life as a ransom for many, and to give his life as a ransom for all. Jesus died, as we talked about in the Bible class here this morning, Jesus died for you just as much as he died for them. That's what service looks like. And it is so foreign to this society that we live in when, when it, all that it teaches us is you've got to do whatever that you have to do to be the best, to get to the top. And I'm not saying that if you have reached the top of your profession or the vocation that you have, that that is necessarily a bad thing. But what I I am saying is, is that never forget the example for which you have been set. That the Master himself did not desire greatness, at least not, again, at least not in the way that the world defines it. 
Instead, I'm going to read that one more time. Who made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God exalted Jesus to the very highest of places after his death. And because of his service in the cross, because of his servants in rising again three days later, do you know that I'm already excited for Easter? It's coming. Because of his service to the point of death on the cross, because of his service of walking out of the tomb three days later, you and I will be exalted to the highest place because of him who served. Because of him who served us. Because of him who gave us the example. Not because, so when you leave here, when, when you go out and you, let's say that you spend an, an, an entire week and you are the best servant ever. Good. Wonderful. Great. It doesn't get you to heaven. But yet God has still commanded it. And the reason why he has commanded it is because he knows that your neighbor needs it. And that neighbor, again, lest we, should we go back to our catechism teaching, that neighbor is everybody. Everybody that you encounter. Your spouse, if you have one. Your kids, if you have them. Your co-workers, if you have them. The guy that you see passing on the road. All of them. They are our neighbors. And they desire our service because God has commanded it to be so. And so let us have faith in the one who became the greatest servant of all. Who became obedient even to death. Even death on a cross, so that you and I would not be here forever, living on this side of eternity, but so that we would be exalted with him to the highest place. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so this morning using the Nicene Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. One Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance of the Father, by whom all things were made, and for us men, for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us in the conscious pilot. He suffered and was buried, 
And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and, the Lord Lord and giver of life, who proceeds, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, and glorified who spoke, spoke by the prophets. And I, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and a life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Right now is a good time to fill out the red sign-in book that is in your pew, uh, whether you are a member or a guest with us. Uh, those who receive it on the windows, please send it back towards the aisle. Uh, so that the elders after worship can tear off the top sheet and uh, pick those up after worship. We collect our tithes and offerings.
apologize for the uh, mistakes today in the microphone system. We are having a few problems, but we think we've got them ironed out. So continue to be with us as we continue to worship. Thank you. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember to pray for. First, for those in our health list, for Melba McCord, <clears throat> Nancy McRoberts, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Elba Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Felwalk, Lorne Cly Baker, 
Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda Lawmaster, Bruce Sletton, Rosemarie Decoff, Elmer Kaiser, Maxine Hudson, Edith Harmon, Eldred Holly, and Teresa Nelson. <clears throat> also for the family of Linda Wee, who passed away on Thursday of this past week, for the family of Nick Prater, whose father was given a Christian burial on Wednesday, for the family of Charles Vincent, who was given a Christian burial on Thursday, and for the family of Flora Overman, who passed away on Saturday. Also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Ray Spray, who will celebrate 88 years of life on September the 24th, and for Dan and Joan Haynes, who will celebrate 36 years of marriage on September the 26th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we live in a world in which the temptation to greatness is overwhelming. Instead, help us by your Spirit to seek to be a servant, just as you have served us. Help us to look among, help us to look to the weakest among us as examples of how you did not come to serve, but to be served, and to give your life as a ransom for many. Thank you that you have come to give your life as a ransom for us. Thank you, Lord, that we are forgiven entirely, wholly, and without exception. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For the baptized, that the Spirit would constantly open our ears to hear Jesus' word and set our tongues free to glorify him who does all things well. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for all in authority in our land, that God would grant them wisdom, courage, civility, and honor as they carry out their difficult responsibilities. Lord, in your mercy. For all of those who suffer oppression from the evil one, for all who battle under sickness or loneliness or grief, for all whom we have been asked to remember, especially for those on our health list, especially for the family of Linda Wee, for the family of Nick Prater, for the family of Charles Vincent, and for the family of Flora Oberman. And also, Lord, for those that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, for all, that Christ would grant them deliverance and healing according to his good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all who come to the Lord's altar today, that acknowledging our unworthiness to so much as gather the crumbs from under his table, that Christ may mercifully feed us with his very body and blood and grant us to rejoice forevermore in his love and to show forth his praise in lives dedicated to the works of faith. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We thank you and we pray for blessings and joy over all who celebrate birth, birthdays. We thank you for Ray. Lord, you knew everything about him before his birth and you have promised to never leave him. May he feel assured and ready for the year ahead, knowing that you have prepared his steps. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you also, Lord, for guiding all with anniversaries. Lord, as your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Continue to wrap yourself in our marriages and our families. We pray for Dan and Joan that you might keep them and their marriage so hidden within you that all forces of evil would be dashed to pieces. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with the angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe, I believe that, that Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ is my, is only, my only Lord and Lord, Savior, Savior from, from sin, sin, Satan, and Satan death. And death. I believe, I believe that the risen, that the risen Christ, Christ is really is present, present in the sacrament, in the sacrament. and under the and form, under of, the the form wine, of the bread and wine, I receive his, I receive true, body his true body and blood for the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of, my of my sin and the strengthening, and the strengthening of my faith, of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Once again, that is Children of the Heavenly Father, page number 725 of the Lutheran Service Book. The second hymn will be The Lamb, found on page number 547. Again, The Lamb, page 547. The first hymn, Children of the Heavenly Father, page 725. And the second hymn, The Lamb, on page 547 of the Lutheran Service Book.
the second hymn today is The Lamb, found on page 547 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, The Lamb, page 547.
Well, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. At the Lamb's High Feast we sing, page number 633. We are now singing verse 6.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround Welcome to you all of our guests and, and visitors today. Thank you very much for joining things. us for worship today. Announcer and we pray Carol that your time Clyde here Baker. with us Have was a blessed, a blessed one. Uh, just a reminder for the two funerals that we have coming up tomorrow. Uh, the funeral for Linda Wee at 10 o'clock. Uh, and on Tuesday, the funeral for Flora Oberman at 1030. Uh, please continue to keep these uh, families in your prayers. Uh, and I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.